Today on another unforgettable episode of Real Ghost Stories Online, when a man notices strange power irregularities around his home, he tried to find a reasonable explanation. What he ends up discovering turns out to be anything but reasonable. Were spirits using the power in his home in an attempt to communicate with the living? And if so, what was their message? That story, and much more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802. Or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown. And quite possibly, the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Of course, you can write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And uh, if you'd like to get access to all the bonus episodes, all the advanced episodes, the archive, uh, and uh, uh, ebook, audiobook, new stuff every single week, uh, check out our uh, Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash realghoststories uh, or go to ghostpodcast.com and become an extra podcast person. You can do it through Patreon or ghostpodcast.com. Get access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes. Like I said, it's all there and you help keep us on the air. Tony and Todd with you on today's episode. Oh, the program. What's going on? Taking our listeners back just a few moments in time here to uh, to kind of reminisce about what we were discussing before we went on the air. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've known each other a long time mm-hmm. and if if somebody asked me, you know, let's say ten or fifteen years ago, what I thought you would be doing with your life, yeah, um, you know, I, I'd probably think of things like chef, or you know, maybe you would own a hotel chain, or certainly, you know, I've seen you do TV and all that kind of stuff. So I thought someplace down the line you would be doing Food Network, mm-hmm. whatever. Podcasting obviously falls into that. But to have you say the phrase, I was out chasing cows, just, I mean, I that's really hard for me to grasp behind to. And it wasn't chasing, it was racing. We were oh, racing, racing each other, yes. So uh, before I, I got on the air here, I, I walked, because the, the studio, as of right now, is in a separate building. And I, I went out there, and the cows are mooing at me, because I have two Jersey cows in the back, and they're real friendly. Ivy and Elsie are their names. Aww. And uh, they're like the Borden cow. If you have ever that Borden dairy stuff, it, that's it's the cow. Um, and uh, I'm out there, and they see me, and they come, they run up to me like dogs. And I'm on the other side of the fence, and they're mooing like they're hungry. So I grab their uh, their bucket. It was over by the house, and they like they you know they see the bucket. They think it's always full. It's got to be endlessly full of food, and obviously it was empty. So I walk over there, and they really start getting excited. They're like running up to me, and I got a long way of fence to go before I get to the barn. So I'm thinking I could like race them, and they'll go on that side, and I'll be on this side, and I'll be safe because they're not going to trample me because of the fence. So like, this could be kind of fun. (laughs) So I took off and they took off next to me and I was racing cows. There you go. Never thought I'd really say that in a sentence, but I did. Yeah. And I mean, I I just wonder if the listeners can grasp how odd that is for me to hear that. (laughs) Just here you go. I went and got the bucket and then I had to get to the barn. I mean, that just is so weird for me to hear you say that. Hey, five years ago, I wouldn't have even known I'd ever say that. I mean, I'm still amazed. I mean, because to me, like, I mean, I still have no, like, when, when, like, real farmers, like, in my neighborhood, like, need to help me with something that I'm completely clueless about, which is most things farm. Um, they're They're always kind of looking at me like, 
oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. And like, you're right. I have absolutely no idea. I, I mean, I'm basically creating an amusement park in my yard with the pool and this giant slip and slide hill that we have. And I, the front pasture, I turned into a golf course. Uh, and I'm thinking of, of doing uh, some other uh, interesting uh, additions. Uh, so I got that going on. And then I got two cows in the back. So it's kind of like a petting zoo and an amusement park. I was just going to say, you could set up a little shack out front and sell tickets, make some money doing that. You know, it, it's it's borderline. It's almost like I've always said, you know, I thought it'd be fun to have like a pumpkin patch um, yeah. and do that sort of thing. I've almost kind of created that myself, but just for me and my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's awesome. But yeah. it, it, every time we talk about stuff like this, it still blows my mind that you're carrying off dead, dead pigs and you're racing <laughs> cows and all it's just very difficult i didn't know what i was doing with that pig that was a horrible horrible i'm so glad they're gone i mean i i, I mean i don't want to want them to die but right um it was just you know um yeah i they were huge and i i, I didn't i didn't know what i was doing i thought I, they were doing okay and all of a sudden dead pigs and um and dead pigs are heavier than dead people and uh, they they were difficult to move. And that's where I, I thought it was kind of interesting. I've never really handled a dead body of anything other than like a cat, uh, right. a dog, um, never anything that was like human size. And so when when they died and I realized I had to like move them, I thought, oh, I'll just I can pull it I'm like, oh, my God, that. <laughs> oh, my. And I was like. And then you read all these stories about these horrible serial killers and things like that over on Dark Side of, and I'm like, how the fuck do people do that? I mean, it's like, and then they just move the body here. To, like, how? Like, that's... In they must have superhuman strength when something like that happens, because you're right, bodies and stuff, it's just not, it's difficult to maneuver. Yeah, I mean, like, I can, like, pick up, like, a, you get think, like, a sack of dirt or something that that's, it's that heavy, and... A sack of dirt's easier to move. I, like if it's a body of some sort, like I've had with that pig, it's kind of gelatinous, and then it's it's almost like moving a waterbed because <laughs> it just kind of moves. You know, I don't know. I mean, it was it made me like <laughs> this is a really sick, weird thing. It made me have a newfound respect for all those horrible killers out there and what they're able to maneuver with those bodies. I'm like, oh my, it's just insane. Now, that's something I would expect you to say right there. I have newfound respect for the series. Yes, killers. yes. <laughs> and I obviously don't mean it, but it's just like, holy shit. Right. That, oh, God. Um, all right. 855-853-4802 uh, is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our uh, first story of the day. Uh, and, uh, it starts out, uh, I was, uh, shopping with my grandma, my aunt and my sister. I was at the food court. I was at the age where I was just starting to order food myself. I looked ahead and I see a beautiful woman in a white graduation gown and hat smiling and waving at us. My sister was sitting in the chair to my left. My grandma was sitting to my immediate right. I first asked my sister if she knew who was waving at us. She said to ask grandma. So I tried, keeping my eye on the woman. Every time I had to ask my grandma an additional time, I would turn my head slightly to speak to her. The cycle went on for a few times. However, I finally managed to ask the question to my grandma, but 
I had to turn my head so much that my eyes were looking completely away from the woman. And my grandma asked, where's the lady? Looked back to where I last saw her. By this time, I couldn't find her. I think that it's the spirit of an aunt who passed away prior to the event. To my knowledge, no school nurses use the color white for their graduation gowns. Another story I have it was wintertime. I was still in high school. I was bundled up. This is very important for the story. The back of my neck was completely covered, so you could feel the fabric move if someone would be touching me there. When I sat down, I felt this cold hand on the back of my neck. It was somebody's right hand. I was very cold. I asked the person sitting next to me why they were doing this, and I quickly realized it wasn't them. I knew it wasn't that person because they were reading their book and this book required both hands to hold it because it was really big. I don't begin to look around for anyone who would have tried to do this. However, nobody could have done this. There was one person in the back, but the twins have been, uh, have been them. I would have heard footsteps, would have heard the seat squeak. I heard none of these things. And to this day, I believe this could have been the spirit touching the back of my neck because I felt nothing move the fabric of the scarf on my neck, as well as the fabric of my coat, and both were covering my back of my neck. To this day, I believe it was a ghost because of the fact that nobody around could have touched that area. Another story, I was driving myself and my sister to the college that I was attending so I could get to the library, start my shift. So I was working at the college library at the time. As I was driving, my sister began telling me to pull over, which I found very bizarre. I kept asking her, Why? Why did she want me to pull over? And she told me that grandma, who had passed away prior to this event, was telling my sister to tell me to pull over. So I did that by going to the parking lot of a nearby school. As soon as I opened the car door and swung my leg out of the vehicle, I heard sirens. As soon as we got back on the road, my sister and I saw police vehicles at the scene of a car crash, which happened right at the intersection where we were going to be. It's believed that my grandma was talking to my sister. I was warning us for this accident it was going to unfold. I could not hear my grandma at all, however. My sister swears by this and told me that she occasionally heard my grandmother's voice from time to time while driving this vehicle because it was my grandmother's last car. Haunted automobiles. Surprised we don't hear more about that. Every once in a while, there's a story, but it's few and far between. Um, interesting story. There were two stories with, uh, that included her sister. The first one with the woman in the, in the graduation gown and that last one. Mm -hmm. And what I found interesting in the first one was her sister apparently seemed to have, you know, seen that image there as well. That, that energy, that person, whatever, um, the same one that she had seen. And then obviously in this situation, grandma's talking to her sister. So, I just found that kind of interesting that there was a tie between both stories and that tie was the sister. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what do you think, I mean, about haunted automobiles and uh, I don't know, just the concept of it? Do we not have it because so many automobiles just kind of go off the road and they're done? And, you know, unless you're like, it's a collector type vehicle. I probably, you know, and I think that um, when it becomes a collector situation, 
those are usually nicer cars. I mean, you're not seeing a lot of AMC Pacers, if anybody even remembers what those are, um, you know, haunted or anything like that. But I have heard stories of older cars that were collectible cars that had stories around them with, um, you know, seeing shadows around the car when they're parked, hearing the engine running when it's not on, stuff like that. So I just wonder if it is kind of an age thing where most cars are done in 20, you know, 15, 20 years, they're off the road for the most mm -hmm. part. Those collectors kind of stick around. And those are the type of cars that people are passionate about. Those are the type of cars they spend a ton of money to get fixed up and to get back to their original state. And there's a love for those cars. So I think it would make sense that those types of cars would have some sort of attachment to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can I can totally see that. Speaking of, of vehicles uh, and cars, so this weekend, uh, me and Harp did a little uh, trip over to uh, Branson. And uh, we were leaving Sunday morning. My my truck is in the parking garage. And number one, I, I, I do love having a truck. But for the love of God, I can't park a truck. It's very hard <laughs> to maneuver a truck. I, I, I've had one now for like 10 years and I still don't have this down. I can do a car like that. No, no problem. But the trucks, I'm always I'm miscalculating everything. <laughs> So thank God there's cameras on these things, because otherwise I'd really be screwed. But even with cameras, I still manage to fuck it up. So uh, we're in the parking garage. You know, you're, you're getting back into your vehicle at a hotel. You're kind of getting settled. You're moving bags here and this and that. And, you you know, you sit back down and you usually take a few minutes before you start the car because you're doing all that. So that being said, I forgot a piece of my surrounding that was in my blind spot that was right there. Ooh. And um, I'm looking around me. There's no vehicles. The lot's fairly empty. I'm thinking, great, because when this thing is packed, it's nearly it takes like a minute to get turned around or get out of your spot without hitting somebody. So I'm thinking, all right, great. Start backing up. All of a sudden, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Mirror. Oh, big pole. Yeah. Next to me, that I it was perfectly in my blind spot. I did not see it, and it just—I mean, it, it, it ripped it off, but it was still kind of hanging there. A little duct tape got it back on. Uh, for now, I ordered a new one, but uh, it, it scratched up a little bit of uh, the area near my tire too. It was just—and it was so quick. It's like boom, like ah. Uh. So I, I think I have a new term, a new term for you, and that is faux farmer Tony. Because <laughs> totally. a farmer, a farmer that can't drive a truck probably can't be a farmer either. <laughs> I don't want to be a farmer. I'm not. Like, oh, I'm going to put a, a, another thing. I'm, I'm putting a movie theater in half of the barn. So, uh, so that's uh, a new thing I'm working on next. Uh, where because I don't use half of the barn, I'm going to keep a little bit of it barn, uh, but uh, the other half. No, it's a big, perfect space for it. So that's a, a summer project I'm going to be working on. Love it. As, as I like to call it uh, to Harper. And this, I guess, is kind of a dad joke. A movie theater because the cows are right there. So that could be interesting, especially if there's like a, a, a movie with a lot of bass or something in it and the cows get kind of pissed. You're, you'll be able to hear them in the theater. And there's windows there, too. So if you open the blinds, you could have cow heads poking through. I think that should be the whole focus of the theater is that it is a movie theater and you should make it kind of barn like and blah, blah, blah. Let the cows make watch. It look like the, make it look like the set of Hee Haw in your set. <laughs> and the cows can watch the movie, too. They can just stick their heads yes. in the window. 
guess. Oh, that'd be interesting. That would be freaky as shit, though, too, if you're watching a horror movie and you have like oh, yeah. the windows open, but you got like a big like room darkening shade or a, a curtain going, and all of a sudden the head starts coming through the window. <laughs> Play ah. Twister in the theater so they can see the cows flying yeah. around in the air, see what they think about that. Watch Salem's Lot uh, while that happens, <laughs> and then have a uh, like a blue spotlight aimed at the window so when the cow heads come through. <laughs> Freaky. That would be great. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to our next uh, letter. It says, hey, guys, I recall a few stories where people talked about those touch lamps with three settings of light uh, while the last turns off. There is a friend of mine named Nick who was sort of a long-distance friends. Our dads are good friends before we were even born. And his dad was a pilot, so they visited often. Every other month or so, they would visit. His dad stayed in a hotel room, but Nick would spend the night over at my mom's place with me. This was a long time ago, and he got me into watching The Twilight Zone and the monster show that was on TNT late night with the cowboy guy. We'd stay up late talking about all sorts of stuff after those shows ended because our dads worked in the morning, and we didn't have to wake up early. I even had a VCR in my room so I could program it to record Saturday morning cartoons if I slept in. One night, we shared strange stories. He had a sister who died at a young age. He said she never went to school, so it must have been before kindergarten. His mom wasn't the same after it happened. She went from being an outgoing and to gaining a bunch of weight and seemed sad all the time. Nick's mom wouldn't let go of certain items that reminded her of his sister, other than the baby items some Christmas decorations. There was one of those touch lamps she kept in her room. Nick told me the lamp would turn on and off at random times, and his mom said it was his sister trying to say hello to all of them. I had one of those touch lamps in the garage, but the lamp or the wiring in our garage must have been screwed up because you could trigger the touch effect by slapping the wall the outlet was plugged into. I got to show Nick the effect. I didn't do it to be rude or discredit his story. Then he asked if it was possible to switch the order of how the lights get dim or bright. Only these lamps will turn on dim, bright, then brightest, but he said the lamp they had was able to light up and turn off in random order. Those lamps require specific light bulbs, but one day someone put a normal bulb in the lamp and it must have short-circuited. They tried the required light bulb and even had someone try to fix it, but the final result made the lamp only turn on with the brightest setting when it was plugged in. Nick mentioned that the lamp would burn up light bulbs within a few days. They stopped using it. Several years later, around the time me and Nick were finishing high school, he brought up the story and said he talked to his dad about it. Nick's dad verified the lamp turned on and off in those random orders. So it was strange. His dad told us more about the house that they lived in. It was designed as a duplex, but remodeled to be a house, and it looked ugly, so the rent was cheap. The walls were poorly patched. The front door was on the right side of the house, and the owner tried to cover up all the flaws with wallpaper. His dad mentioned it was why he never thought it was haunted when they lived there because the place was a dump. The lamp was more of a reminder to him that the place screwed up all sorts of electronics. He had things from digital clocks, things that required batteries, go get drained fast. Their phone wouldn't hang up until you unplugged it from the wall, but specifically his digital alarm clock would go haywire. Nick was too young to remember most of the strange things that occurred there. These things happened well before his sister died, who actually died of a brain tumor, so that didn't trigger any of the events to happen. They had trouble using any television or radio because there was some interference that always scrambled their signal. Other than the problems with their electronics, they often heard footsteps at night. 
Nick's parents thought it was the kids running around in the house at night, but when they checked on them, they were fast asleep in bed. If the kids were woken up after being put in bed, they would cry because they were afraid of the dark. His parents never put the thought of what ghosts were in Nick's head, but times he woke up crying, he would blame his parents for making noise to scare him. His dad told us the doors would close on their own, but they didn't sleep or they didn't open their own, so they kept the doors closed most of the time, thinking the person who installed the hinges did it wrong. And they lived there for a few years, and his parents weren't scared, but odd things were a daily problem. It wasn't until after they found a new place when they bothered asking questions or talking about the strange things that happened. The neighbors avoided them, but he brushed it off, saying they were likely afraid to be asked to help them move things. Still, after everything was packed up, they thought there must have been something the neighbors were hiding from them. But since nobody was harmed, it didn't seem important. Nick was too young at the time and doesn't remember much about the house. They never told him about the footsteps or the doors closing. Nick's dad thought the place needed repairs instead of reaching other conclusions. Didn't even notice the footsteps until the last year they lived there because his wife told him it wasn't Nick who did it. His dad wasn't bothered by noises, couldn't sleep, and could sleep through just about anything. They can fly commercial planes, I'm sure a few footsteps or doors closing were nothing to him. In that situation, I think whatever was in there didn't do a good job of scaring anyone. The best reaction it got seemed to be with that lamp. Still, that only lasted the lifespan of a single light bulb. And Nick is my age, so this happened in the mid to late 80s when light bulbs were replaced all the time. It was sort of funny that his mom discredited the ghost for messing with the lamp, but his dad said the lamp always did that in the house before his sister died. We concluded it all by saying it was the Ryan Leaf of ghosts that haunts the house. Thanks for reading. Interesting story. What is it called, though, when there's like the electricity is all messed up and it causes a lot of problems? Um, I'm not sure exactly what that terminology is. I do know that, um, you know, if there's a lot of uh, electromagnetic field, a lot of um, stray energy in that regard, mm -hmm. it can it can um, it can mess things up, not only like in the physical world, mm -hmm. but a lot of paranormal researchers believe that that also fuels entities or energies to be able to actually manifest and do things. You know, that's a story that starts off and you're like, oh, it's one of those old lamps. It's just got a bad switch mm -hmm. in it or, you know, whatever. But then you start hearing the stories about the footsteps and you hear this, all this other stuff. It almost sounds like because the house was in disrepair and maybe there were issues with the electrical that may have been fueling other things going on. Mm -hmm. I'm, But I am wondering, though, if cause I'm trying to I can't think of the term, but it, there's something where, you know, if the fields are way off, I mean, number one, you're going to have electric problems in your house uh, and things are, are not going to be going correctly. Uh, I'm wondering, though, with this one, because it was going on for such a long period of time, if they were being exposed to some sort of electronic radiation uh, or whatever it's called, uh, and they they literally had some strange things happen as far as things being burned up. But those things can also mess with your mind as well. The, the way. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering if there was some hallucinations going on. Uh, in the house because the electricity was so messed up and that would then appear to be 
a haunting while there was all these other crazy things that actually were physically happening. Right. And and so there's two terminologies or, or two thought processes there as well. Um, EMF to the normal person, if it's not too high, it's not going to bother you too much. But there are people who are sensitive to it mm-hmm. and it can cause actual physical pain. It can cause hallucinations, all that. And in houses that, especially in the basement where a lot of the wiring is, if it's mm-hmm. bad and there's a lot of EMF there, they call that a fear cage. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking and, of. Yeah. And so that creates... Again, hallucinations, delusions, all that kind of stuff that things are going on when maybe they're not. So to your point, you may be absolutely right there. It could be electricity that's affecting the family or it could be a, it could be electricity and EMF that's making other things happen. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think both are possible there. It, it's just interesting. It's amazing what that can do as far as if it were not anything paranormal, just something that is explainable with the EMF. And what that that fear cage effect, you know, has the ability to do and, and, you know, you believe it's real if you're experiencing that. Do you remember the hotel in uh, the town you grew up in called the Retlaw? (laughs) I love the Retlaw. Yeah. So we investigated there one time and and a lot of things had been said about that hotel. and, And I'll be honest with you, we investigated it maybe 10, 15 years ago Mm -hmm. and we really didn't find anything. But the one thing that was going on in that building high, high levels of EMF yeah. to the point where even I was being affected with kind of like a, a foggy, hazy headache kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we would walk the, the hallways with our equipment and they'd just be off the charts with all this stray voltage. So again, was it fueling other paranormal activity possibly, or was that stray electricity reason why people were thinking things were happening there? Very interesting. Uh, I wonder what the case is with the other Walter Schrader properties that still stand. See, I'm not even aware. I wasn't even aware that there were other oh, properties. Yeah, yeah there. Uh, Wasa. I was just in it uh, in, over Thanksgiving when I saw oh, you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it's downtown. It's not a hotel anymore, but it's it's a Schrader building. It's very similar to the Retlaw. Um, now it's, um, I believe. Um, it, uh, low rent housing, uh, right, and and it's in kind of rough shape. Uh, but it's it's been in pretty rough shape for a while. Um, but that one still stands. And I always used I used to live uh, kitty corner to it, so I'd go over there and take pictures and wander the halls. And it was really creepy because it reminded me so much of Retlaw, but in a really bad state. Um, right. And I think there's I think there's one in Milwaukee that's still standing, isn't there? Interesting. I'm going to have to look it up. I that That's more information than I knew about it because, again, I thought this was the only place other than the theater. I thought the hotel was the only other thing he had. No, there was like five buildings. Interesting. And it, it, it look for that. It, there, there's postcards. I think I don't know if I have a postcard, but in Wisconsin, I've seen many postcards where it's like the Walter Schrader hotels from the turn of the century time. Um, Got to check into that. Yeah, that would be a great documentary to do. About those buildings, yeah. Yeah. That really would be an interesting one, huh? Uh, Wheels are turning. (laughs) Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's uh, jump over to another caller here in just a second. As I open the folder. 
and load the file. Sorry, kids. Computer crashed right before we went on the air. All right, here we go. Hi, this is uh, Peyton Sweet. I'm from Texas. And I have, I would say, two to three stories. And I, I listened to the show, and I just I wanted to go ahead and say my part. Kind of get a, see if you can help me understand it a little bit, because I'm, I'm still confused. It happened a couple of years ago, but I've never been able to bring light to the situation and understand why it happened. So it, it's in my, my grandparents' house. I, I lived there throughout my life. It was kind of like our safe place to go. Like whenever, say, we family split up, we needed a place to go, it was always there. And I had this one bedroom in the house. It was upstairs. And everything happened in this bedroom. There was never anything else in the house, any other room. Nothing ever happened but in this bedroom. So the first thing that happened... Um, I was laying in bed and the lights were on and everything like that. I had my dog laying next to me and I kind of dozed off, but I wasn't asleep. I was halfway, halfway asleep, halfway awake. I was in that middle state and something grabbed the door to my room and shook it violently. Like you could hear it through the walls. And I know it wasn't a dream because the dog lifted its head up and looked directly at the door before I woke up. So the dog saw it first. That's how I know it was real. And so I was freaked out. So I kind of sat there for a second. And then I went, uh, I went downstairs and I asked my family if they knew or if they, if they did it like they were joking around with me because they they know about these things that happened to me and they they joked around about with it but I didn't I never used saw it as a joke and none of them ever heard it and I I'm telling you this door shook so hard there's no way you couldn't hear it in this whole entire house but nobody ever heard it so that was the the first one that happened and then there was this one night um I was laying in bed I was all by myself and I had my bathroom light on and I had my TV on. Keep in mind, this is like a smart TV, like a brand new, just a newer TV. So I fall asleep and then hours later, about 2.33 in the morning, something grabs my leg. Like I've kicked in my sleep before and I know what a kick is, but a kick has never hurt. Something grabbed my ankle and pulled me down to the end of my bed, and it hurt my leg. Like, it, it hurt how hard it pulled me down. And so I shot, I, like, lifted up, and I'm like, what was that? And, like, I'm sure you know, if someone, if someone puts their hand on you and they pull it off, you can still feel that pressure of where it was. And that's what I felt, that pressure on my ankle, like something was holding my ankle. So then I look up, my bathroom light was off, and my TV, I said it was a smart TV for a reason, because the stat, the TV screen was static. There's no way to have a static screen on a, on a smart TV. It's not a thing. It doesn't work like that. So it doesn't make any sense to me why it would have happened. So after all that, I kind of like sit there for a second, get my thoughts together, and just like under, like just realize what just happened. And then I start freaking out. 
So I stand up and I get to like the back corner of my bed. It's against two walls. And I kind of like look over the edge of the bed and I don't see anything. And I take one jump from the end of the bed to the light switch and I turn the lights on and I leave the lights on for the rest of the night. It was the scariest thing. That was the scariest thing that happened. But then after that, um, it was one morning. It, this is back when I was in high school. Uh, so I woke up and my grandma came in there and she was talking to me and I told her like, I didn't feel good. I don't want to go to school that day. And she was like, okay, that's fine. So I stayed in bed, right? Well, she had to take my sister to school. So she goes and takes my sister to school. I forget that she's gone. And this is my first, uh, experience of, uh, sleep paralysis. And that's what it is. I hear a lot on the show of these people seeing these figures and it's, it's sleep paralysis is what it is. I don't know if it's paranormal. I don't know the connections to it, but I know what it is. I've had, I've gone through it. And so all of a sudden I'm laying in bed, my eyes open and I'm using my phone. My phone is like hanging above. I have both my arms up and it's like over my face. So I'm using my phone like over my face and all of a sudden my phone drops and I like flinch because my phone's going to hit me in the face, but my phone falls right through my face and through my body. My phone was never there. And then I look up and my arms are stuck by my side. I can't move. I don't understand. I don't understand what is going on. And I start freaking out because I can't talk. I can't speak. It's like something like it's sitting on my chest and I can't move. I can't do anything at all. So then I look up and right by the door, there's this, it's like a figure. It's this black figure and it's, the, it's dark. It is a dark figure and it doesn't, it's not a human. It's not a human figure. It was like, it's hunched over. It's probably like four feet tall, but its le- its legs and arms are so long, but it's like crunched over into a ball. And I can see its hands. Its hands were so long. Like it had palms and it had like, it had fingers that looked like they were almost like a foot long each. And it just hunched over and it kept like, it would creep in. It would get closer and closer and like brush its hand against the door and just like come in super weird. So I'm trying to scream help from the top of my lungs. I'm trying and trying and I cannot get it out. I can't get it out at all. And so then finally it gets like right next to the bed and I I break out of it and I scream help at the top of my lungs. And I'm laying in bed like petrified. I have no clue what to do. And I'm waiting for someone in the house to come to the room to, to, to just so I know that I'm awake and there's someone there. And then I remembered that no one is in the house. No one is there. And so I tell everybody about these stories and they think that it's just not real. It's a joke. But I'm telling you, I've seen all these things. I've felt all these things. I'm not, I'm not too worried about the sleep paralysis because a lot of people go through that. But the things that happened like in my sleep in that one room and I'd never seen anything else in that house besides that room until this day I will not go back in that room I will not sleep in that room because I can't do it it was to the point where I was so scared I had a there was a closet in that room and it was a double door closet I would put a giant rock in front of those two doors before I'd go to sleep just to make sure those things would not open up in the middle of the night and scare me that's how bad it was all right thank you um
that's my story, and I, I'd love to be on the show. Wouldn't that be a fun experience to have? You know, when you hear people tell their stories, and there's all types of ghost stories and encounters and experiences, he's a prime example of somebody who has been through something that he has not been able to completely understand. Mm -hmm. Like, you can hear it in his voice. This guy, all these years later, still shook up about it. So it just tells you how crazy that experience was for him in the moment. If he's still holding on to that, I don't want to call it fear, but that like, what, you know, what's going on here kind of thing. It's great story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you, you can hear it in his voice. Yeah. You can just hear the authenticity of, you know, it, it's still very real, still very yes. present for him. I don't want to say, I, I believe it's real, but I, it's, it's, it's like, it's like it was yesterday. And that's, you know, very much uh, something that seems to, you know, part of the pun, you know, haunt him on a regular basis. Right. And thank you for sharing uh, that one with us. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, check out our Patreon page. Search Real Ghost Stories Online on Patreon uh, or go to ghostpodcast.com and sign up to be an extra podcast person. Get all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, and more, and it's all commercial free. Check it out, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash Stories. Until next time, for Todd, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.